Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Shuffle Buddies. Hi. I'm Chris Heine. I'm Casey. And today is special because we have done 20 whole episodes of Shuffle Buddies. <gasps> I can't believe it. 20 episodes. I can't believe it's taken us this long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we go at our own pace. We do us. It has been 20 episodes of Shuffle Buddies, and one thing that I've been thinking about doing since the very beginning is just like setting expectations about our tastes mm -hmm. and giving everyone a little sneak peek into our top 10 favorite games of yeah. all time. And we just never really figured out a place to put it in there because we've been moving and shaking with the games we've been talking about and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Also at the 20 episode mark, I wanted to talk about just a little in-depth dive into some of the music we've made because it's been a ton of fun and I think there's a couple fun stories hidden in there. Yeah. And so I thought it'd be fun to just have a conversation about that and then talk about our top 10 games of all time. I'm super excited. Our plan is to do this at episode 40. Yeah, maybe every 20 <laughs> episodes we'll so, do a little recap. So uh, our... our it's not really our top 10 games of all time. It's like the top 10 games uh, of every, all the games I've played currently. There's lots of caveats to be had. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all those top 10 I lists do have are a lot so of caveats, hard. actually. So I'm when we get yeah. to those, I'll probably talk through them a little bit before we get into it. But there's yeah. definitely some caveats. I, I, <laughs> I expected there to be caveats because like as soon as I sent you my list, you were like, your list is better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just had more quality games to choose from. It was more about quality, not quantity on yeah, my maybe. end. All right. Well, let's dive right into the music. All and right. I'm so excited to do this. Yeah, I'm so excited too. I, I, I really have loved uh, working with you to make all these songs. Yeah. There are all these little bite-sized, heartfelt gems that are, of course, thematically tied to each game we covered. Yeah. It's been a fun experiment to um, try to make... Just a short little jingle based on in a game. I think that's really cool. And I always want to explore it more because every time I write one of these songs, I always want to dive more into it. But then life catches up and I kind of don't do anything until the <laughs> next time we need to write a song. I, I mean, actually, I was thinking about it and, and looking around my office studio here as we were preparing to record and as I get some new furniture installed. It's changed my hobbies a lot Yeah. in that I've always been interested in music and music production and I've kind of messed around with it in the past, but I'm very not musical at all. I'm very bad. <laughs> I got kicked out of band in eighth grade because I threw the rest of the band off beat and I was percussion. <laughs> so, Well, I think that's your teacher's fault. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say I got kicked. I got put in a special quiet room to practice alone. <laughs> and then I quit because I was like, F this. I could be playing Final Fantasy Tactics. And I left. <laughs> so I, I actually really regret that I did leave and that I didn't stick with it because I do think it would have been awesome. But also like I spent that time drawing and making movies and went yeah. to school for that. And so in the end, it it's helped. all good. But. Yeah, it created the person you are today. And yeah. now you have carved out a life for yourself and uh, you have a good job that allows you to have fun hobbies, yeah. which now one of them is 
music. Yeah, making music. And so and I now I, and it circle. gave me the funds to buy all these fun toys mm-hmm. and just play around and and I've been really getting into it. So I hang that all on this podcast because um, I think it was making the first couple songs with you and I was like, I want to add to these. I want to do something more besides just record them and, and arrange them. I want to contribute to them and and then I kind of just went down that rabbit hole. And yeah. So, yeah, I remember exactly when it started too because it was when we went to New York. Oh yeah, yep. and we went to MoMA. It was the yeah the MoMA. gift shop. We yeah. didn't actually go to MoMA. <laughs> We just went to their gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember you were in that corner for like 15 minutes. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so ready to leave. And you were like looking at your phone and holding these two little devices and just like playing around. And I was like, what the heck is he looking at? And it was those uh, kind of teenage engineering uh, pocket. Pocket operators. Pocket operators. The two that have like the... Um, programmed video game sound it's like mega man mega man and street fighter and yep. street fighter yeah and yeah. i just remember you like were googling them and like looking them up and all that stuff and you and then for the rest of the trip you were like watching youtube videos and just getting super into it it was mm-hmm. awesome i love it it's been super fun so i thought what we would do here is we would just play each song mm-hmm. i'll edit it in in post but we'll listen to it here in the room yeah you'll make it sound nice i'll make it sound nice they're short little songs mm-hmm. but if you don't want to listen to it you can go ahead and skip forward to this magical moment in the podcast when we start talking about our top 10 board games. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Chris from the future. I am currently in a converted church Airbnb on the Wisconsin side of the Mississippi River, but I just wanted to chime in and let you know that the top 10 discussion starts at about the one hour and two minute mark. So if you just want to hear that, go ahead and do that. Otherwise, I'll cut you right back to the conversation where it was left off. We'll start with uh, number one. So we'll start Our with number first one. first episode. What, what game is it? Going back to the wonderful woodland land oh, of Everdell. Everdell. delightful charming little ditty i don't know what is i love that song (laughs) i think that's probably one of my better ones i mean i haven't listened to all other 19 but i really like that one because sometimes i get sucked into making just like random noises and i'm just like playing chords and notes that sound good but that one i feel like i had a good melody that one is stuck with it incredibly catchy like every time i listen to it i'm like dee 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 Um, yeah and i I also will point out the earlier ones are all like 15 seconds yeah (laughs) and then they do get a little bit more epic i mean the longest one i'm in my experimental phase (laughs) yeah the longest one is like a minute but we definitely take on a little bit more breath and uh yeah but that makes sense because i was worried when we started doing these that like they would all just be like deep you know but in like Mm -hmm. different instruments or something like Mm -hmm. that so i was worried how long we'd be able to go and make unique things because i don't have any real musical experience or talent so for me i once i have something in my head i kind of just make that right yeah and i do the same thing especially when i'm just by myself and that's why i have a hard time playing music by myself is because it all starts to sound the same Mm -hmm. and i'm just like i get so sick of myself (laughs) just like ugh. this one i think you did knock it out of the park 
It yeah. was uh, it was a collaborative production where you played it and I kind of we added on. I think we added the drum. I was like, we should add a drum, and then yeah, and then you added those little bird chirping. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we did that a lot more in the beginning, where it's like we did a lot more layering. I think mm-hmm. I still do that layering, but I kind of do it after the fact. But yeah, because we much. used to do it a lot more in the beginning, where we kind of like layer tracks on top of one another. Yeah. And I feel like lately we've just been t- so busy that it's just like <laughs> here. It's like there's two tracks and it's just like this is what I made. <laughs> well, we'll see. That might be that might be better. Maybe. I think that's probably just stronger songwriting to be like this is it. Possibly because there definitely was some when I thought it was like so f- like if I felt if I felt like anything was too boring, I was like we can add more to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that is as an artist that's something that I definitely talk about a lot mm-hmm. where it's just like simplicity is everything yeah and i can draw this shit out of anything but the less mark making and the less shapes and less everything that i use the better it is but if i'm feeling awkward about something i'll just put more stuff in it and around it and just kind of make it more impressive by yeah pure force basically yep not saying that's what that was it was a beautiful little song i think it fit the game of everdell which is about these woodland critters just perfectly so So i think that one was excellent so all right Let's jump on to number two, which was the space cooperative game. Ooh, the crew. The crew. That one's got a slow start. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I, when I was trying, when I was working on this one, I just, I like that ambient because like there is like that space vacuum sound, even though I know there's no sound in space. Don't at me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, I just wanted it to sound kind of spacey. And then I think I just wanted, it's like a synthesizer sound to it. Because like when I think about the crew, I think first I was thinking it would be more just like. Yeah, but this was kind of like it's like a love story in space. Definitely has a mellow vibe. I love it. I think I was very happy with it because Mm -hmm. it was the opposite of what I was afraid was going to happen, and that everything would be samey. And it was like very different than our first one. So it was great to see that we were off to a great start. Of course, we were setting ourselves up for more and more responsibility if we went further down. (laughs) But true. Yeah, uh, I thought that one was super fun, and I had a lot of fun making it, too. Yeah, I like that one. That one's a good headphones one. Yeah. And you can hear all that, wow. Yeah, I don't remember how I made Did you? Did we make that vacuum <gasps> I on think it's keyboard? just, yeah, I think it's just a super low note okay. on that synthesizer sound. Yeah. Because it's like that, the bass of the keyboard, a lot of times the way those register is just like, it works. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. Very Carl Sagan-y. Yeah. More like a science, like a Nova background sound. Although I haven't seen Nova in a long time, but I imagine like 70s Nova kind of is what I'm Yeah, just like staring up at space. That's kind of what I was going for. Because I think at first I thought it should be something a little bit more peppy. But then, I don't know, this is what spacey feels to me. Yeah, it also is a little bit like the crew. Because I think if you would have done that, it would have been more like, 
there's an aliens game mm-hmm. uh, or nemesis there's a game called nemesis where it's like this survival kind of aliens like space game and yeah. that would be more like do 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 you know like kind yeah, of a, a little tense. like a little throbbing or a little tense and this is more like the crew where you're just sitting and chilling and floating around and do, you yeah. know playing and hands and you know what and it is like that um the trick taking game mm-hmm. where it's like you have to work with your partner mm-hmm. you know it, like trick taking games vibing. are love stories <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do love that game i want to play more of that game i was that came up in my uh top 10 ranking i forget where it landed but i feel like it was definitely in the top 50 now we're getting too far i know into it. now we're getting into the top 10. <laughs> all right so let's move but on i do like that game let's move on to a little ditty about jack Diane. <laughs> Sucking down chili dogs. <laughs> All right. So this one is for Parks. Ooh, Parks. Sunshiny. <laughs> so that one is one of my favorites uh, i think it's just so much fun and silly yeah uh and it also started i believe what is going to be a little bit of a string of putting those like <laughs> emphasis is exactly right at the end what i was thinking <laughs> i never know how to end things <laughs> so that definitely yeah that definitely is like uh it's a signature yeah where i i always need some sort of plump yeah at the end of it just to be like i'm done I think I might have insisted on that for that one. I was just like, I just feel like it needs like a bomb. And then you were like, how about this? Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's got a very, uh, I want to say like Americana-y vibe, but I don't know. It's yeah. just like a banjo-y vibe. So. I know. It makes me think of like, uh, makes think of like the Okie Dokie Brothers walking through the forest or something like that. You know, like the Okie Dokie Brothers did their, that canoe trip from like uh, Boundary Waters, like oh, down yeah, the okay. Mississippi. I think that's what I was thinking of. And then also just like walking through a forest and just plucking on a banjo or it was kind of hard because it could also work for Everdell. It could, yes. Which was so close in time. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I was afraid of was mimicking the Everdell song. Yeah. And it, I can definitely see where if we would have done this one as a second one, I'd be like, ooh, is this kind of like samey? But I think it is different, and I also feel like it fits the game perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really kind of hard to figure out what to do. Uh, parks is, of course, a game about trekking the national parks. Yeah. And it's got beautiful art and, you know, that kind of throwback to those vintage parks posters. And so we definitely wanted, like, that American-y vibe. Yeah. Um, and I do definitely picture the start of an animated show with, like, light filtering into a forest or something. And then I do picture, like, a big, like... Baloo or the the bear that Disney uses in all their animations. Oh, yeah. That big fat totally. bear. Totally, yeah. Like, yeah, kind of like, like little pants. And like playing the banjo and stuff. Totally. All right. So let's move on to the tense and adventure-filled Lost Ruins of Arnak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot what this is going to be. <laughs> That one kicks butt. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Because I was just like, I forgot how it was entering. And I was kind of thinking of like, you know, like the drums and that uh, primal music at the core of just like 
making music, banging on stuff. <laughs> but then I forgot that it came in with like the pan flute. <laughs> I know, and then it has a super flourish. Like, yeah. It, so that kind of, it reminds me, it feels like a little like Phil Collins mm-hmm. uh, pl- meets the uh, pan flute guy at the mall during Christmas time. <laughs> I feel it. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That one, I, I love that one. That one did take some doing, I think. I think we really struggled with that one for a second to figure out what it should be and yeah. how to create that. And and I think we did an, a really good job. It's very interesting. And it's, it's kind of like a really cheesy song, but I kind of yeah. love how cheesy it is. I like cheesy. I feel like this experiment, it was so much fun because it was... Like the box was kind of defined because I knew it had to be a song that was, it had a theme to it. Mm -hmm. And then also it couldn't be repetitive of anything else that we had done. Yeah. And it needs to be about 30 seconds long. And I want it to be as catchy as all the other ones. So it's kind of really fun to be able to just make cheesy songs Mm -hmm. um, and experiment with all sorts of different types of sounds and yeah, why not do that? <laughs> yeah, and that's like one that I definitely could have never even thought about doing. Like, I think it's just like a combination where you had a vision and I just had to go with it. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, and it worked out really well. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I'm going to say they all worked out well. <laughs> Maybe I won't. There's like one or two that I won't, but. There's probably a couple a couple dinks in there, but I really, I'm really proud of all of this. I'm like, more proud of these than I am cool. of like a lot of things that I've like drawn and put in, <laughs> in mass market retail stores for millions of people. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, that's, uh, I feel. that's a feather in my hat. Uh, all right. This one is going back to the fancy parties of Rococo. Mm, oh, I know this one. <laughs> Womp. Does it have a womp? No, it doesn't. Okay. I just thought that would be a funny one. That one, I remember uh, because that was when we were trying to like put these out on on a a schedule. On a schedule, yeah. (laughs) And we needed to get a song done really quickly. Mm -hmm. We kind of fallen behind schedule and I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. And I was like, Rococo, fancy dress parties, harpsichord. And then I was like, I know... Or I knew a harpsichord song or kind of like a harpsichord-esque type of song. And I used to play this song all the time, actually. This is a real song, I yeah. think, by Beethoven. <laughs> um, and it, one of those I, dudes. Yeah, one of those freaking old white dudes. Uh, but I remember I had memorized it when I was in high school. And I was so proud because it was one of the only songs I could play with my right and my left hand. Um, but then, of course, I forgot most of it, except yeah. for this first little line. <laughs> and I was like, we could just do that. Yeah. It's old enough. There's no trademark on it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I couldn't go past that line. I could not remember how to play the rest of it. But yeah, I'm glad I had that uh, up my sleeve. That was one we just we just had to get it done. Yep. And I think we were both just tired, and I was like, I can I can do this one. <laughs> yep, and I think I did a little bit of production after the fact, but there really wasn't a lot to do. I was just like, it is what it is, and yep. we did it. And I mean, the, the instrument we chose, obviously, is like thematic, mm-hmm. um, but it just sounds cool and yeah. interesting to a modern ear, so I think it's really fun. Yeah, I like it. All right, the next one is one of my favorite games, oh. and maybe your favorite games, Motainai. Oh. 
yeah, yep. a good one. That is a good one. That's one of my favorite ones, I think. I do like that one. When I was writing it, I really... So so all of the sounds that you hear are mostly coming from my piano, um, mm-hmm. my Casio keyboard. Uh, the most of the sounds from all of the songs, not just that song. And the one that I chose for this one was like a classical guitar because mm-hmm. they have like those nylon strings so it doesn't have the metal strings that you yeah. hate <laughs> yeah i do hate those um and so they have a different sound and i wanted to use those because it has this like light plucky sound to it yeah and when i was thinking of motainai that was like the biggest thing that stood out to me was it just is like a i mean it's you know it's it's a lot to learn i think but mm-hmm. when i think about playing it i just have a light plucky feeling yeah i think that's like the perfect word for some reason um when you said plucky i was kind of like i don't know why that fits it because you're just trying to like jump in where you can and do the best mm-hmm. you can and you're you're reusing your you're a little bit scrappy it's mm-hmm. a little bit mean in some places where you're denying plucking people things from the middle yeah. plucking your materials yeah. and so i just think about like placing items in the gift shop and like plucking from the storage room just like just like I can see somebody floating around, just like putting, you know, all the goods everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. So that was kind of, that was the theme that I wanted to go with when I was creating yeah. this. And I just, it just uh, is like a light, airy, plucky mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah. It's one of my favorite ones for some reason. I like that one. And it's yeah. one of my favorite games. So. Yay. I'm so glad. I'm glad you like that one because I know it's one of your favorite games. And this one also has a very special place in my heart. This is for... The Mage Dueling game, Res Arcana. Hmm. Mage, competitive mage game. this was one where you did a lot of post-production yes i feel like this is when you really i think we started figuring things out with the layering of tracks there is an issue we would run into where the new track would be like a millisecond behind Mm -hmm. because it would it would just from playing back that track because we would do it super low key where it was like you were literally playing it out of your computer and I'm like sitting at my piano like listening to to it and trying to play along and always ending up just a beat behind or just a second behind and you do a really good job at manually like pulling tracks back so that everything is lined up on the beat. Mm -hmm. This one I feel like was one of the first ones you really started layering and picking things apart and did some post-production magic. Yeah. And one of the things that I was adamant about adding that you didn't understand at first was that like 
crystal sparkling sound mm-hmm. where I was trying to explain it. And I was like, it's got to have this crystally, like falling <laughs> crystal sound. And what I should have just done, because what I was thinking of in my head very specifically, and anybody who knows this is going to pick up on it right away <laughs> as soon as I say it. But I was specifically thinking of the crystal caves from Dark Souls. And there's this very specific area in Dark Souls where it's all these like big purple crystal formations and there's these invisible bridges and there's like these glittering falling crystals and that you have to listen to to like figure out where the bridges are. (laughs) And I was just like that sound and I was like trying to explain it. I should have just pulled up a video to show you. (laughs) Um, and, And like I'd have to go listen to it to really see if we made something that sounded similar. But that is where that came from. And I thought that was really funny. That's awesome. I like that one. I'm just a big fan of drums. Yeah, and I I wonder if we can find a pattern in that too because I think we just love throwing drum those big drums in. Well, I think we're gonna just end like, dun, dun. very much. Well, not the big drums necessarily, but my our last song specifically has two versions: the the club mix and oh, yeah. the <laughs> the non. So I definitely do love adding the drums. I do think it adds a really nice layer. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, now okay. we can move on. All right, this is for four gardens. I feel like that was a little bit of a miss there at the end. The the timing? Just like a burp. Because def- there's definitely a couple of times where, because uh, I have that weighted keyboard. Oh, yeah. Where my finger just like slips and it doesn't hit the <laughs> note as hard as it needs to. So it's kind of like a missed note, but it's still good. Yeah. That I mean, sounds I think so pretty. It is very pretty. And yeah, Four Gardens is a game about making pretty gardens. And that's exactly what we did. And we added that yeah. like breeze to just like really get... Which is the beginning of like, I guess the vacuum of space was the first time. We I did was going to say, I feel like we have a little chunk of songs right here where we have some sort of intro because <laughs> like that Res Arcana was that. Yeah. And then Ruins of Arnak had the dun 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 yeah. dun. I feel like we had some, we have some, some intros. I think we just like that. Yeah. Well, here's one that needs no introduction. Hmm. And this is for our... (laughs) But we're going to introduce it anyway. (laughs) This is for our summer loving spectacular. Oh, yeah. Our summer spectacular. Part one. Part one. So I don't know if we need to say a lot about that one, but I I think that one was super funny. We just wanted a very triumphant summer spectacular. I know, because I think we were having a hard time with that because the summer spectacular was covering so many games or like four games. And it was like, well, what's the theme? And then I think we were like thinking like the summer games, the summer Olympic games. So it's kind of, yeah, like a Olympic (laughs) victory song with the horns and I remember we had to record that multiple times because at the end, when I was playing all of those notes, it would always uh, be totally too loud. Totally peak, yeah. <laughs> I think what makes that one is the giant fat fart at the end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's probably my favorite one. It's so good. 
I think this next one, if I remember right, is this yours? This is mine. Yep. <gasps> so this is for the Summer Spectacular Part 2. <laughs> oh, you can... <laughs> I forgot how much I like that one. I That's so good. I mean, I made it, but I love that one. Yeah. And actually, the secret is that did not start the episode, unfortunately. So the reason we use that is because th- that was the pocket operator that Casey was talking about earlier. Yeah, that was Street Fighter. That was the Street Fighter one. So I built, I programmed that on these beat machines that I picked up on the trip. And on that episode, we talked about our trip to New York. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's why that one was kind of a thematic tie-in. It didn't match the game, but it matched what we talked about on the episode. Yeah. And I think I was just like busy and tired. And I was like, you should just use one of your songs. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had made one on the Mega Man pocket operator. And it was like my first one. Mm-hmm. And I edited it into the episode. And then while I was editing the rest of the episode, I made the Street Fighter one, which was a million times better. But instead of putting it at the beginning and the end, I just went ahead and just put it at the end. And I should have put it at the beginning. So Aww. now listening back to the Mega Man one, I don't like the arrangement of it. Uh-huh. So when I cataloged it on the website, I just used the Street Fighter one instead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I it doesn't like have anything one. to do with the game, but I did love making it and mm-hmm. I still like listening to it. I, you know what? It's like uh, we opened up the games with that victory trumpet thing. And then end it with that saying, you lose. We beat it into the ground. (laughs) I think it was good. I love that one. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to the Marvel Champions. Oh, yeah. Epic. one i mean like i think you can really tell the inspiration from that (laughs) one i i really wanted that big thematic build-up i Mm. had no idea what i was going to do for that song that song is a build-up yeah that's all it is yeah and that's what i love about those marvel soundtracks is just like that epic build-up tension (laughs) like how are you gonna save the world yes i just i love it that's my favorite part and i was like i'm just gonna make an intro based off of that part there's no, there is no plot <laughs> yep. or conclusion or anything. It is just all build up. Because yep, that's exactly what I hear when I hear Marvel. Stuff. Yeah, it, I mean, it almost sounds like it could have just been from one of their Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna jump on to the next one, which is the Taverns of Tiefenthal. Ooh, this shows up in my top ten. Spoiler.
Taverns of Tiefenthal is an excellent game. And this is an excellent song. This is one of my favorite songs. Aww. It's just so, so fun to listen to. It is fun. I When I was putting it together, what I was thinking of was just kind of like a, you know, just a bar. Mm-hmm. A tavern. An old tavern. <laughs> you know, wood floors, wood walls, wood ceiling, mm-hmm. really kind of low ceiling, really warm. Everybody kind of knows everybody. And there's just a couple of people in the corner playing music. I wanted it to be a little bit more peppy. I kind of wanted more of a jig, yeah. I think. But I honestly just didn't know how to do it. I couldn't put it together in my brain. And a lot of these are made in the span of a half hour. Yeah. An hour. So yeah. there's not... I mean, we think about them. We talk about them a lot. But honestly, when it comes down to it, there's not a whole lot of time that we spend on these. Right? I spend a good amount of time like you arranging do. them. Yeah, you but... make them sound good. <laughs> Not a huge amount of time, like an hour or two, maybe. Yeah. But as far as like creating them, it's done pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. did not, I didn't want to go too far into figuring out how to do a jig because I wanted it to be a little bit more upbeat because it's more of an upbeat tavern, but I still like it. I like love it. I, I just imagine a couple people just sitting in the corner, a little fiddle player and a lute mm-hmm. with somebody with a tambourine around their ankle keeping yep. that beat. And that tambourine is something that you didn't know I was going to do. And I, I added it, it afterwards. And it started the string of me adding little drum elements yeah. <laughs> in the song, which the next one is going to continue. And this one, I'll tell you right up front, one of my favorite games and one of my favorite songs. Although it didn't make my top 10, spoiler alert. Oh, no. But this is the Great Western Trail, which I will admit right up front is probably one of my favorite songs we've done. That is a good song. I love that song. That one is very good. And it, it sounds like a diegetic cowboy song where it's not like a soundtrack. It's what they'd actually be playing out on the, yeah. out on the With, road. Yeah. Little out of tune. A couple misses. But yeah, you That's know. Okay. You know. That it just gives it character and it gives it flavor. For sure. That but, was an actual guitar. That was. Yep which I loved using. I think that sounds great. So Yeah, yeah. It sounded it sounded really good. I feel like we have learned a lot. And I feel like, cause, and when I listen to that, and I think it's because with keyboards, we have so much more control over mm-hmm. things. And with guitar, the, uh, the novice in me really shows, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. But I just hear that and I'm just like, oh, I bet we could do so much better. Maybe. Uh, but I love that song. That's actually a song I wrote a long time ago um, with this band that I was in called the Fatten and Frogs. Mm-hmm. But it's my song, so yeah. I don't feel bad 
reusing it. It's yeah, such and a it's good a little song. different, I think, here a little bit. Uh, well, there's no singing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the composition is a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, it's, it. I love that song. It's like in uh, open, open D tuning, where it's just like you could just strum the whole guitar and it just sounds good. And mm, I just love that song. Yeah. And I, I love the imperfections. Part of the things that I love about music is things like Jay Dilla and MF Doom and like Mad Lib who all like yeah. embrace the texture and embrace the interest in things that aren't perfect. Yeah. And so I, I think that's why the ones that I love usually are more like that where they have a little bit of character to him, I guess. Yeah. But that was another one where I was like, well, I could think of a new song to write, but I do have this one that I think could be really good for it. And yeah. it just worked out. All right. So the next one up is a big change of pace. This is the wingspan. <laughs> you song. don't like this one very much. I do mean, you? I think it's hilarious. I love this one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song because I th- it is so random so, and weird, and it's not so much a song as it is an audio representation yeah. <laughs> of a bird. Yeah. Uh, but I was upset because you cut this one short. It was really long. It was I super loved long. it. And it was so good. And I, that's what I wanted, though. I wanted people to be like... <laughs> <laughs> to be like oh that was that was interesting oh it's still going oh that is okay. exactly what it was it was like oh, four false I know. endings i loved it because that's what a bird is it's like you know you just think they're done and then they just keep hopping and then you're like oh that cute little bird and yeah. then they just hop a little bit more <laughs> well for this i feel like i I mean, I could put the full version up someday, but for this one, I was just like, I feel like we, I still got the essence of you mm. think it's about to end and then it doesn't end. And then ah, I think we should have just gone all the way. <laughs> I think we needed to go all the way with that. I don't know. I think it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's not your favorite one. I mean, I think it's really cute. When it was really long, it was hard to listen to for the whole thing because I was just like, oh my gosh. And even I would lose track of how many times it would end. And then I'd be like, all right, and it's over. Nope, it's not over. So, Because this cute little bird has lots of little bird energy. Well, it's still a very cute little song. Thank you. Yeah, I think we should put that extended cut up. <laughs> okay. I'd have to like finish actually like editing it and syncing it all up. So it'd be more Just work. put it raw. I don't even care. <laughs> Just throw it up there. All right. Uh, this next one was for our special episode again with Ryan. Oh, so this was the yeah. secret buddy. So again, this one wasn't super game thematic. Um, this was more an episode where we talked about a lot of games. So it was that problem where we ran into where we're like, it's not a specific game. I don't remember how it was just we... just you and Ryan, right? On the episode, yeah. Yeah. And I love this song, but I don't remember how we came up with it. Oh, so. yeah, because Ryan likes it too. Yeah, Ryan likes it too. Yeah, but I can't remember it. Let me, right. let's hear it.
Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't remember where that came from, but I just, I just. It was kind of like our goodbye note to Ryan, I think. Yeah, because you guys recorded that. I think I was gone, Mm -hmm. and then I came back and recorded the song for it, and that is something I play all the time. That kind of like dun 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 dun. It just sounds really pretty, this mm-hmm. chord progression. So I play it a lot when I'm just like, when I have nothing else to play. And I think you might have heard it. Or maybe even I was just like, can I do something just like this? Because it was another one of those where it was like, we just had to put something together and I didn't have a lot of time. And I, you know, it was kind of a mishmash of games. Mm-hmm. And we were playing it back and I was just kind of going, Ooh, and you were like, I like that. We should record that. Yeah, I and think that's I, exactly what happened. You did it off just like as a joke one time when you finished playing. Oh, yeah. Because you screwed up or something. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, we got to record that. And then we did. And yeah. then I put it in as this ghostly layer uh, along the top. And and it ended up probably my favorite song. Like that one is probably literally my favorite one. Oh, I love that one. Me too. It is really pretty. And, and I'm glad that Ryan likes it heartfelt. too. Yeah. And that was, it's like a... Oh, that's what it was. Cause then we, <laughs> cause I was singing over it and I was like, Oh, I miss you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make that it didn't in though. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> oh, but right. now I feel like you hang out with Ryan all the time. Even though he's in San Francisco, you guys play on game nights a lot. Not the same, but pretty good. Not the same, but. It's the digital future. It is. Speaking of the digital future, <laughs> the next one is not so pretty, and it's very digital. This is for the uh, bullet hell shooter board oh, yeah. game, Bullet Heart. This was what we were waiting for. This is when we knew that Chris could really Although this shine. one's not my favorite one. But, but it was finally like an opportunity where we were like, this is when Chris oh, needs yeah. to make a this song. This is where I was like, I had to make a song specifically for the game instead of being like, oh, I made this song. Let's use it. Yeah. All right. So here's Bullet Heart. My wingspan bird song was too long. <laughs> that one wasn't that long. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I was very actually cognizant of how long that one was because I feel like my biggest critique about it was just the arrangement. And I was mm-hmm. still learning how to use these things. And they are definitely a hurdle to learn. And I arranged it once and I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. And I kept rearranging it and rearranging yeah. it. And I was aware that I needed like more space to make a really like structured song or something Mm -hmm. but also it is a very like abrasive noise yeah and so i was like i don't really want this like long abrasive noise because it gets like cacophonous towards the end okay and so i kind of was like trying to keep it short and trying to make a good arrangement and i think i'm happy with what it ended up with but it's still not my like number one favorite all-time jam i do really like it and i like that because it made me think of the game yeah where it was like the you know like the uh the bullets falling Mm -hmm. down i think it was 
probably one of the most thematic. I do think it was thematic, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thematic songs we have. I think it was really good because I think that's one of the hardest things about writing a song. I, for me personally, is is finding that melody and just repeating it Mm -hmm. or finding that beat and just repeating it and learning to let people just like groove and Mm -hmm. get into that. And I think sometimes, especially with these fun little like pocket operators, it is hard to do that because it's like, oh, but you know, I don't want to get too boring or like, you know, there's so many other things I can add and it's hard to give it that space and like restrain yourself Mm -hmm, a little bit mm -hmm. and hold back from adding all the things. Yep. And I think that's definitely something that I've been learning a lot. And this was done quite a while ago. I've I've played a lot of music since I I bought this book, the breakbeat Bible over here, Mm -hmm. which I've been studying some breakbeats and things like that. And just like listening to songs closer and yeah, they are not afraid to just like settle into a groove and let you enjoy it. And I think I'm, I was very quick to just be like, I got to change it up. I got to change it up. I got to change it up. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun one. I liked it, but uh, not my favorite, but also pretty thematic. I think it's a great snapshot in time. Yeah. On a very different note, the next game is Sleeping Gods. (sighs) Oh, yeah. You know what? I actually really like that song, but I'm not super stoked with the way it was produced. Well, that is fine. It was very difficult. <laughs> I know. It was I a hard one. I don't understand. Yeah, I think it's like I just don't understand working with vocals. And yeah. one vocal always overtook the other ones and it made them like one of your voices, like the way that two of them overlap just like made it like elfish. Yeah. And mine sounded sluggish and like, <laughs> and I'm not a good singer at all. So I, I feel like I thought I would be able to sing something that sounded okay, but I just wasn't. <laughs> I know. I think that was a really tough one too, because the thing that would have really knocked it up to the next level was some awesome harmonies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do any harmonies because we just, again, did it pretty quickly. Yep. It was real quick and dirty and just basically recorded the same song, same melody over and over again. Yep. And so that's where I hear... Because I think those are kind of layered on top of each other. And then I did one that was up here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's why, yeah, that's why like each one changes. It just becomes like one weird one instead of like multiple people. Yeah, it all melded together into one note, but it it made it sound like almost synthetic-y kind Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like we just didn't make the right decision on how to to compose that song. But I like the song Mm -hmm. itself. Like I, it's a little sea shanty. Yeah, and all of I wrote the lyrics specifically for the Sleeping Gods. Yep. Because I was like, I didn't really know what to do for Sleeping Gods, but I was like, eh, let's do a sea shanty. And then I, yeah, just wrote up those lyrics. And I remember I texted you, and I was like, can you tell me some of the rules for Sleeping yeah. God? Or like, I can't remember some of the specifics. Some of but the then we do. I had already Googled it by the time you had texted back. So <laughs> I like that one, but I feel like yeah, we could have. Put a little bit more effort into the composition of it. Yeah, I agree. But it, it's like one of those things where 
you know, I had worked hours on it and I was just like, are we going to record this again or should I just go? I'm just like, whatever, it's done. It's yeah. good enough. Like I can't make it any better than it was without <laughs> re-recording everything, you know? And I was just like, and everything was, yeah. So. I know with that one, I almost would have just stripped everything back and just done one vocal. I know that's what I'm thinking too, but we didn't. Yeah. It was a learning experience. <laughs> yeah. I think it was good. Yeah. So that is our critique of Sleeping Gods. <laughs> Harsh like our critique of the game was. <laughs> it's true. Although I do really like Sleeping Gods. It, it went pretty high on my list, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Not not in the top 10 spot, but it's it's higher than I thought it would be. All right. And yeah. the next is another epic game, The Dwellings of Eldervale. for a bump. <laughs> we left it off that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh I remember for this one I sent you a link to a Godzilla soundtrack. Yes. And this I was is, like yeah. it should be like this. And then yeah. you were like I love it. Big and epic. Yep. And that was another one where it was like Marvel where it's all the build up. It's just building and building. Build Although up, I like this up. one better than the Marvel one for do some you really? reason. I do, yeah. Nice. That one sometimes like I hear it and I just can hear I was you know, I know it was like trying to speed up as I was going along, but I think I probably should have been a little bit more precise with my mm-hmm. timing because when I hear that, all I can hear is like offbeat. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just me being critical of stuff yeah. now too, where it's and just I, like we, I could pick at things all day long and it's like I, the core concept is there. I think it's fun. I, that's how I feel sometimes when I'm battling, especially those monsters and yeah. the dwellings of Eldervale. And <laughs> I thought it was really fun. I, I also think like technical wise, it is like where we run into problems where because you're never using like a metronome. And so you have all part, these yeah. different takes that don't quite line up. And I'm like trying to like figure out how to make them line up. And I'm like, okay, this one doesn't line up, but these two do. So I'm just going to, so I'll kind of like cut them and paste it. So there is a moment in the middle where it kind of, it falls out resets a little, bit. a little bit yeah so yeah <laughs> i think there's also a little bit with those it's more about like i'm creating a feeling or a vibe and not so much a melody mm-hmm. and it's interesting to hear all of the different ones because there are some where it's like there is definitely a melody and it gets stuck in your head mm-hmm. but then this one and like the marvel one are kind of like more textural or something yeah textural kind of feeling feeling, kind of things where it's just interesting to hear it all back yeah um and the next one is one of mine and this one was a very funny story behind this one but i'll play it first this is the king is dead second edition this is your solo one solo podcast
So that is The King is Dead, it second edition. got cut off right when I thought it was going to... Keep going? Hit its stride. That is kind of my um, thing is where I do like sudden abrupt endings. I like it. Uh, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. So that one was... I recorded the podcast and I wanted you to record the song for it, mm-hmm. but you were about to leave for like a month and you just <laughs> couldn't get to it. Yeah. And I then I was like, and then time. you left and I kind of looked around the empty house and I was like, oh my God, I have to do this one by myself. And it's like a medieval song. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> that is not my forte. Uh, I can do like hip hop beats and stuff maybe. But um, so what I did you know, I kind of like looked into it and I was like, you know what? I wanted to use these machines as like sampling machines. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to embrace that. And I Googled royalty-free medieval music. <laughs> and I found like literally a YouTube video that's just royalty-free medieval music, just super generic. Yeah. I sampled it and then I just chopped it up and I turned it into a beatbox sampling machine. And then I just made a new um, arrangement out of that. And it was something where I think I learned there's like just a couple different changes in it. And um, I'm just going to be like, okay. And I kept wanting to add to it. And I'm like, whatever, you know what? It's fine. It's good. I think if I add anything to it, it'll just get worse. So I liked it. One. And I do like it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's okay. And, and I do really love sampling in music and I never want to sample myself because I'm like, oh, but I'm not musical enough to sample. But then I'm like, what am I doing? I should just be sampling like crazy because like everything I love is heavily based on samples. Oh, and, sample away. Yeah. yeah. It's just like making collages kind of. But, yeah. And I think it definitely cooler. has its own feeling like it definitely feels different than that song so i was like it still feels cool and it feels more modern and whatever and that's oh for sure yeah i think that was that's really fun and i love that you learned something new specifically for this yeah and i literally sat down with like tutorials and i'm like i'm gonna figure this out and and then i did yeah so that was that one and the most recent one that we've done is for last episode's obsession oh yeah so let's take a listen me feel the feels i i really like that one i oh i thought you were gonna say you hated it no i know i love that one i actually love that one and you didn't like it for a minute because it it was a couple areas where there was a little bit of things timing that was screwing you up and you kind of were stuck on those and i was like yeah but it's awesome and you were like "Eh," and you almost looked like you didn't weren't gonna let me put it out for a minute (laughs) yeah because you were editing it and there were just a couple of parts where I had just kind of lost my way in what I was playing. Hearing it back, I was like, oh, I wish I would have just like dug into that and done that melody a little bit more. I wish I would have drawn that melody out a little bit more instead of fluttering off somewhere else. Basically, we just record one time. Like we have never really gone back and been like, let's re-record that one part. (laughs) We're just like, 
we'll figure it out how to make it sound whatever good. yeah we record until casey's like all right and then i go upstairs and after that point there's no we don't go back but this one i was so tempted to like go back because i just i could hear the potential in it and it just didn't come it just wasn't as good as i wanted it to be and it had been it's been a little bit since i recorded mm-hmm. a song um and Oh yeah, because you had been gone for a month and a half or something. Yeah, right? and so like I I I heard how good it could be, and it just wasn't coming through. But we tightened up a couple of things, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I think I just need to walk away now. And the next time I hear it, it'll be great. And I really really like that song because I I uh, what I was going for was like uh, a little Downton Abbey plus. Bridgerton. <laughs> I mean, I just picture like the dramatic opening to a show where it's kind of like passing over like a tea party where the teacup is spilled or something, you know, like just kind of like these dramatic but small totally. moments from like one of those shows where it's just kind of this like heartfelt, dramatic, almost like wanderlusty type opening or something. Yeah. I would love, there's so many songs here that I would love to continue to dig into maybe i mean these are basically like sketches to a whole album right yeah <laughs> that is true wouldn't that be interesting to dig into that maybe I maybe that'll the be the next project just keep going off of there because i already have some ideas i really do like that one well i, I like to go back to it i was really split because just for fun i had just gotten i think this breakbeat <gasps> book and i started to play with That's the right. drums a little bit more and really like programming precise drums and things and i just played around with that because you were also like oh it kind of sounds offbeat and i was like but what if there was like a drum that hid some of those imperfections mm-hmm. so i made this song which i think is just a groove and i know i made it but i'm saying like i felt like it was just a groove just like i mean we made groove. it but, yeah. that was exactly what we've been talking about is just like finding that groove Mm -hmm. and so i made this version which i so i put this one on the end because i was like obviously this one's not as thematic because it makes it just feel a lot more modern yeah um but i liked them both so i was like i'm gonna put this on the end because i just think it's such a Mm -hmm. such a groove it just had that's such a groove i know and then i that was where i was also like i made a super simple drum pattern like the most basic drum pattern you can make basically yeah and i was put that on there and i was like okay how am i gonna mix this up what am i gonna add and then i listened to it and i was just like it's done it's all about the piano the drum is just there to like support the piano and like the piano has so much texture and so much personality that i'm just like it's there's nothing i could do that make I mean, there probably is something I could do to make it better. But I was like, there's nothing I personally can do with the skills that I had that can make this better right now. And I was just like, it's done. It's perfect. It was so easy. I threw it on there. It took like three minutes or something. So I was just like, dang. Yeah. And that was actually one that we did. I When I was doing the 
the left hand of that, like the bass, like that. Dun, 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 dun. I did listen to a metronome for yeah, that one, which is helpful. So <laughs> it's good that that part was on beat. Yeah. And that was really helpful because that and we should do this always because then I could use that to use set as my yeah. bass beat for when I make the things. Because when I have to guess, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or right. when it changes. And it changes. And then it's like, well, the beat is staying the same. <laughs> yeah. But but the piano is going all over the place. You can totally, you can sample me. I know. I've been thinking I want to. That'd be kind of fun. I will be. Fun. Yeah. This has been, it's been a really fun adventure. Really, it's been really good for me. Like, cause I haven't been able to play that much music lately. Mm-hmm. And even though a lot of times this, it, it happens quickly and it, we, we put it off for so long. And, but then when I finally get down to it and write a little ditty, um, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fun little collaboration between the two of us. You know, and that's something I truly believe about artwork in general is that you need parameters and yes. you need guidelines and like deadlines because if you just have free form creativity and time and whatever and you you have no schedule or no purpose, you then you'll just like meander and never finish anything. I think that's been my problem. Yeah. yeah. And so this has given us a space and and sometimes, you know, you kick them out, we kick them out and we feel like there's probably a couple of duds in there, but I feel like there's a, a lot of gems mm-hmm. personally and yeah. you know, I know that in a couple of years then we'll look back and they'll probably be rough <laughs> rough gems but like whatever it doesn't matter it's a it's a marker of time and a marker of uh of something we created together so yeah i think it's super special we have made together yeah and i've really enjoyed it yeah so like we just collaborating wanted, with you yeah i i enjoyed it i i absolutely love it as much as any part of the podcast for sure mm-hmm. um yeah and so this was the most self-indulgent part of the episode we've ever done i love it i loved it so if you're still here thank you <laughs> otherwise you're about to jump in because i've given you a timestamp. Uh, <laughs> and uh, welcome to shuffle buddies yeah and welcome back to shuffle buddies <laughs> are you ready to talk about your top 10 yeah so i am not a huge fan of top 10 lists and definitive de- declarations <laughs> of my favorite People's mood changes, people's opinions oh, yeah. change. We put together a list using the Pub Meeple ranking engine, mm-hmm. which is a really awesome, fun tool you can find online where it's a way of judging board games instead of like trying to make your list. Are you laughing at the name Pub Meeple? No, I was just laughing at that one time that we went to Tom Reed's oh, yeah. sports bar and I was watching hockey and <laughs> you were sitting next to me just on your phone, just ranking your board games. For hours, yeah. Yes, it was multiple hours. <laughs> well, you had a lot of board games. That's because the way this engine works is you plug in everything you want to rank, and then it just shows you two items at the same time, and it says this or that. And mm-hmm. you just say, I would rather play this one. I would rather play this one. And so you're never saying, like, you know, what are my top five and trying to rank them like that. You're just making a one to one comparison over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games, that can be thousands and thousands of comparisons. It's a so lot. my list took a long time to get through. And I even cut off like some chaff at the bottom where I was just like, I'm not even bothered in ranking these games. Right. I left a lot in there because I just wanted to get a good sense of my top couple hundred, but it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Mine, I, I think I had 130 games. Yeah. 130 games to start. And it was a lot. Luckily for me, I did it on my computer and I could just press my left or right arrow. Yeah. I went pretty quickly after 
I uh, remembered what all the games were because <laughs> <laughs> there were so many that I was like, ah, I can't remember. And then I would go to boardgamegeek.com uh, and look up the game and look at pictures of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. And I had to do that. First of all, I had to do that with a lot of games. But then I did it multiple times for like the same game. Like, cause then it would come up again. I'd be like, ah, what was that one? Yeah. And I'd have to go look it up again. <laughs> but once it kind of sunk in after like the first 50 or 60 comparisons, I started kind of flowing a little bit faster. Yeah. So we went through and ranked and I guess we kind of already said it, but I just want to reiterate it. I looked at this list and I was like, I don't know if that's my top 10 list. I think from here I might want to do some curating and pruning. Yeah. But then I just said, F it, whatever. I'm going to go with it. I actually, looking at this now, I have my top 20 here, and I almost feel like my 11 to 20 is a better list than my top 10 in some ways. And that's just that just means like a more universally good list mm -hmm. and a less specific list because I think my less list... Less topical. So when I was making these lists, I think that some of my favorite games of all time, I've just played a bunch of times. And so yeah. I was kind of thinking of it like, given the perfect condition at this very moment, if I had the right group, the right amount of time the right setting, which one of these two games hands down would I rather play mm -hmm. instead of saying like, well, I played this game 75 times. So obviously I must like it better than these other games. Cause mm. some of these games I've only played a handful of times that have beat out games. I played like 50 times. So that just says a little bit about how I kind of put together my list. Yeah. And I knew, I knew that about you and I knew that's how you went about ranking yours. And I kept that in mind when I was ranking mine of just like, okay, given the perfect storm, perfect people to play with, perfect environment, have just enough beers to have fun and not enough to get sleepy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I, what I noticed, what was boiling down to for me was like, which of these games would I say yes to? If Chris was like, do you want to play this game or that game? What would I choose? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of what I thought of the most. And just like, what did I have the most fun playing? And maybe that is the same where maybe you're just like, I played that enough. I'm done with that one. There are there and were a couple that I had a lot of fun playing and I'm kind of over it now. Mm -hmm. And so like, like Azul, I really enjoyed that game yeah. when I first got it. But that was probably like, almost four years ago now yeah. when I first played Azul. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of over it. Yeah, And it's like there are other games that have taken the place of that weight of games. So for me, like this, this list is very topical. And honestly, there are two games in here that are the Brilliant. two most recent games that I've played. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think is totally fine and totally, totally valid. Because it's yeah. more like this is a snapshot in time. And here's what we would want to play if we had given, you know, run of the land and we would just choose anything. This is what we choose right now. Yeah. And and a lot of them are the ones that I've played and, and which makes sense because there are some on here that it's like, oh, yeah, these are the games that I have played a lot of lately. But again, it's because they're the ones I will always say yes to. Yeah. And it's I think, you know, that, too, where it's just like if you wanted to play a game, you would be like, well, do you want to play Dwellings of Eldervale again? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll play that. Or again. like last night where I was like, what should we play? And then I was like, how about Castles of Burgundy? Oh, you like, had <laughs> my number. Like that was so good because we were online and it was like a family game night, but only your dad showed up. Yeah. And usually you guys will go play some new game or like there's a lot of games that you guys have been playing that I have no idea. And I think you've 
learned lately. I just have not been in the mood to learn new games, mm-hmm, definitely. especially online. And so right away you knew you knew what was up and because i was probably like yeah maybe i'll stay maybe i who i don't know we'll see and then you said castles of burgundy and i was like i'll stay for that and that is my number i'm not gonna say not say yeah don't say because i think should we start from 10 we should start from 10 and i think like you do your 10 and i'll do my 10 no let's do this we'll do a snake draft so i'll do 10 you'll do 10 you'll do nine i'll do nine i'll do eight etc that sounds great i'll try and keep track of that before we even start, though, I've seen your list. You haven't seen my list. How many games do you think overlap between our two lists? Maybe one. Maybe two. Uh, I think you're right. I think it is one game. <laughs> That's what I, was, I, was, I bet our lists are very different. I even texted you while I was ranking, and I was like, I think all of my top 10 games are just going to be party games. <laughs> and they weren't. <laughs> but they weren't. They weren't at all, actually. No, because I also just thought of games that that I can see myself continuing to play. Mm-hmm. Like I loved Azul when I first learned it, but you know what? And I probably would pick that up again, but I think I also just got to the point where I was like, yeah, I get this game. I get it. Yeah. 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 You know, but there are some games on here that I've played a ton, but I will continue to love to play because I feel like they are complex enough where they'll be like comfy games for me. They'll be the games that I play when I'm just like kind of tired but I want to play a game and I just want to play one that I'm really comfortable with. Yeah. Like I see these being those games. Mm -hmm. All right. So number 10, uh, my number 10 is PAX Premier second edition. Go figure. (laughs) And, uh, PAX Premier is a game I talked about on the episode with Ryan, Mm -hmm. um, where it's multiple, uh, factions in the Afghan vie for power, you played that game so much. I have played that game a lot. That was set up on your solo table for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I've played it in person. You've actually played it. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember it because <laughs> I didn't like it. I think that if you played it again, you you would have a different <laughs> opinion these days. I think so. It was a while I... ago that I played it. And also you were still learning how to play it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of complex. Well, that's the thing like, about it's these. A weird, it's a weird game the pack system in general and spoiler alert it's not the last time it's going to appear on my list yeah because there are multiple packs there are multiple pack games games. and i have a new one up there that i gotta try um and uh yeah the packs games are a specific brand of difficult to learn but once you do i feel like and everyone i've taught them to feels like they are just like smooth and easy and way less complicated than they first see but they have Mm -hmm. a big barrier to entry and these days, now that I have had experience with multiple pack systems and this game specifically a million times, I could teach you this game now a hundred times better than I taught you that first time. Because at that first time, I was still learning the rules and that is not the way to learn PAX Premier 2nd Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think there's a million beautiful layers to this game. It also is an amazing production that I love looking at. I just love everything about PAX Premier 2nd Edition and it's my number 10 game. All right, nice. My number 10 game is parade (laughs) really swing into the other side yeah and i think this is because like i have so many fun little light games in my 130 games to choose from especially because i think a ton of my games come from your family game nights and cabin trips yep and i played this game for the first time at one of the cabin trips 
And it was just like, it was just so much fun. Mm -hmm. And it's a good game for so many different people. It's one of those, you can still chat while you're playing it. You can have fun. And it's still thinky enough. Like, Mm -hmm. you still have to think. You still have to be strategic about what you're doing. I'm surprised to see this at number 10. Yeah. But I understand it because I think it just won out a lot because I've had such a good time playing it. It's a great game. I, what I love about it, and it's just a simple card game where you're trying to play cards and not collect cards, basically. You're forming this parade that eventually grows out of your control and you're going to have to collect cards. Mm-hmm. And it just has this like wacky, it's actually Alice in Wonderland themes and it has this kind of like wacky, about to spiral out of control feel. Yeah. But what I love about it is it plays up to six. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And it's hard to find a good six player game. That's not just like a light party game. that has a little bit of decision-making and it's a good card game. And Mm -hmm. so it just is a really great game. I used to bring it on trips with artists and things like that overseas and stuff. And it was just one you could break out. It was enough of a game to feel like something solid, but it was also just like a wacky, fun, good time that everyone could enjoy. Yeah. So that's a great pick. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm surprised you didn't pick Archaeology, which... I know. And you know what? And I I think it's because I just haven't played it in a while. Yeah. Because I do really like Archaeology, and I noticed that it just did not win out in a lot of comparisons. Yeah. And I only say Archaeology because it's... It's like in the same line of games by Z-Man Games or whatever. Yeah. So it has like the same box and kind of structure. It's a very different game. But I just yes. felt like out of those two games, I would think you would like archaeology better. But yeah, I would prefer Parade actually because I feel like I've played archaeology enough where I'm like, I get archaeology. Yeah. Um, Parade is always just a little bit more of a silly game. So I think it's just kind of more I think fun. that's what it was because it's like I, I we played archaeology a lot for a while there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I kind of get it. And Parade, especially having up to six people, it's just like a, a wackadoo time. And it's fun. And it's like always weird. And you can have really young people play because you just mainly have to know numbers and colors. Yep. Yeah, it's a fun one. I dig it. And this next one is very similar along those lines. Medium. Mm-hmm. Which is also funny because we've actually never played it as That's a true. game. That's true. We have never played Medium <laughs> as the game it's meant to be. Yeah, the way that we've always played it is basically just for fun of people drawing cards uh, because the goal of medium is like each person says a word, you are given the word based on these cards and you try to come up with a word that combines the two Mm -hmm. in some way. Like if the word was broom and match and you said stick, yeah, like broomstick and matchstick. Yep. Or, you know, usually they're not that easy, but yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's why they give you cards to come up with (laughs) the words or else you're going to always come up with stuff like that. But the thing I love about this game is that I'll never say no to it. I'll never say no to a game of medium. And it is just so easy to play. And everybody I've introduced it to loves it. Mm -hmm. We played it with your dad while we were waiting for a place to sit at Pizza Luce. Uh, I've introduced it to Claire. We played it with my family on that houseboat. And it's always just been fun. You don't even need the cards. You just need a way to come up with random words. Yeah, it is an excellent activity. And uh, probably an okay game, but I feel like you don't even need the scoring or anything like that. It's just fun to whip it out while you're waiting in line at a taco truck and just... Perfect. It's a cool one. Uh, My number nine is actually similar weight Mm -hmm. to medium. And it is one of my favorite games. I'm surprised it's as low as it is because I feel like it was number one or two for a long time. And maybe I would move it up. Can I guess? Yeah. Skull. It is Skull. (gasps) 
Yeah. And Skull <laughs> is an excellent game that I would recommend to anyone. It's basically like poker without the cards. It's just a bluffing game. The story is it was uh, originated in the motorcycle clubs from tough gang members, but it, it's just a fun game where you're basically putting down coasters and, and calling each other's bull mm-hmm. and uh, looking each other in the face and saying, I think you're lying. Yeah, I'm not going to go into great detail about it, but I think Skull is just a game I always have on me. I always bring out to work events, bars, weddings, uh, (laughs) anywhere I go, you can play it. My friend Francesca actually brought it to China and was playing it on the train platforms in China. And people were watching her coworkers and her play it on the train station and just figured out what they were doing and were like gathering around and like getting into it, not even speaking the same language. Like Skull is a universal good time. They just picked it up. Yeah. My number eight is very different again. (laughs) It is Brass Birmingham. Oh, interesting. And Brass Birmingham is a pretty heavy train game made by Martin Wallace, who's one of my favorite designers. It's a pretty heavy train type game where you're also kind of building up these cities and building up the industries around the trains. And what I love about Brass is that there's games recently where we've been playing and you kind of like get to the end and somebody has a little bit more gas in their tank and just goes a little bit further. And Brass kind of takes that and turns it into two segments because there's a canal era and then a train era. And not only do you have to do good and set up a good network in the canal era, but then you have to take away all of your connections and start over and have built up a big enough kind of head start to keep your strategy moving into this rail era. Um, there's just a lot going on. It's actually a really simple system. It's a beautiful production. I have the new Roxley Games edition that's just gorgeous. And it's it's just one of those games where I feel like I have never played it enough. And I always, anytime I think about what game we should play, I always think brass. Unfortunately, I just don't pull it down that much for some reason. But. Yeah, we should play that one again because I vaguely remember it and I had to ask about it because I was like, what's this game? Because I yeah. saw it show up and, and I think it, I've yeah. only played it once or twice. Yeah. But I feel like I remember liking it, but it didn't rank very highly because I honestly just couldn't remember it. Yeah, well, we should definitely, I mean, I would love to play it because that's yeah. one that I always, always, always would be up for and always would say yes. Yeah. All right, my number eight is kind of weird and I think it's only on here because I just played it. Yeah. <laughs> Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest. Mm-hmm. We played it like probably two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. and But I just, it's definitely not my number eight. Yeah, I feel like this must be a recency bias kind of thing that yes. it's this high. I mean, I think it is a really great game and I do like the new production of it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So Libertalia is a game where you're basically all choosing roles on this pirate ship. Everyone uses the same hand of cards out of a preset deck of 40. So you kind of... There's a lot of variety, but you all have the same cards to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just trying to collect treasure and and screw each other over. And, and it's just a fun, it's not quite a party game, but it's not a super strategic game. But it's super light. Yeah, it's kind of, it's not, it's a weird spot for me because I like party games and I mm. like strategic games. And this is kind of like in the middle where yeah. it's not like super strategic and it's not a super party game. Yeah. But I did have a good time with it. And I we've only played it one time. But at this moment, when I was doing this ranking, I can't, you know, I would probably, if you ever said, do you want to play the Libertalia? I'd probably say yes. Well, that's awesome because we're going to definitely play it in the next week at the cabin because uh, it plays six players. Another great six player game. And the six players doesn't really increase the time very much or anything. So Mm -hmm. 
I think it's a it's a really cool game. I'm surprised to see it on the list just because I I thought you probably liked it, but I didn't think you liked it that much. I know. I just it you know I think it's because I want to play it more. Yeah. And I think when I was going through this ranking, it was again that sense of which one of these would I say yes to mm-hmm. first. You know what? It's a good two player game and a good solo game. Oh, perfect. It's interesting that it is, but they added some rules to it that actually make it pretty interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it's better, but it's it's actually pretty good. I would play a two player game with that. All right, let's do it. All right. After brass. Game on. <laughs> I like this because now we're getting the games that we should play next. Yeah. So my seven, again, is one that we have very recently <laughs> we played play this. one time. <laughs> Ten. Yes. Uh, I mean, when I really think about it, it's kind of like, well, I was going to say it's kind of like Parade because it's like you're putting stuff in a row kind yeah. of, but not quite. It's more of a push your luck kind of. Yeah. Thing. I would say it's very similar to like a no thanks or a for sale. Yeah. But I like it just because we played it with uh, a couple of our friends at, over brunch. Really easy to pick up. I think I'm really excited about the opportunity to introduce it to my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to like it. And again, it's just like I just love those games that are really easy to play. You can be very social. I like my strategic games. I like yeah. to go heads down. But I also like the light games that are light enough where you can just hang out and chat Mm -hmm. and you're still kind of playing a game yeah and 10 is totally that yeah i'm i'm glad you like 10 i i really did pick it up for as something that i think you might like and again to kind of be that for sale or no thanks which are both great games but you play enough of them and it's like one of those things where i'm like i'm good on those games now yep so i wanted something else in that genre um, and 10, I think is more interesting than either of them. Probably for sale mm-hmm. is really good, but yeah. Um, 10... and I used to love for sale and I saw it come up all the time, but I've played it so much mm-hmm. that I was like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. And I'm sure ask me in six months and 10, I'll be like, eh, I'm good. Maybe, but Maybe. 10's not online yet. Maybe. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great choice. Yeah. Thank you. My number seven is our one and only crossover game. Do you know what it is? Great Western trail. It is not great Western trail. <gasps> Um, Taverns of Teeth and Thaw? Nope. Uh, well, don't, don't say anymore because now you're giving oh, away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is Anachrony. Oh, so I an- love Anachrony. I also love Anachrony. And we, we've talked a tiny bit about Anachrony. Uh, it is our famous lost episode. Yeah, we never did it. We recorded it. Oh, my gosh. And it was bad. Gosh. <laughs> It yeah, was it wasn't bad because the game was bad. It was bad because we were just like not on our... I mean, and we that's... Just, we're that's, not on our game. We were not on our game. And I think Anachrony was... And this was early. We tried to record it early. And Anachrony is just a next level of complexity and things to consider. There's just a lot going on. It's not actually that heavy of a game compared to some of the other games, I think. But it is one of our heaviest games that we've ever reviewed about. on the podcast. Yeah, there's, and there's time travel and there's... Yeah mech suits and time paradoxes you take loans from yourself in the future mm-hmm. um, but you it's this pay yourself back it's this big overblown production of this sci-fi game where you're trying to save the timeline itself i guess or trying to save earth or trying to evacuate earth before earth gets destroyed oh yeah that's yeah yeah and uh it's just an amazing game in all regards really it's just like a really great worker placement strategy resource management game Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to like it, and I just love it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every time I play it, I'm just like, God, this game is so good. And I 
feel like I'm just so surprised by that for some <laughs> reason. So that's anachrony. Yep. It's a beast of a game, huge box, a little bit too big for its britches, but I just can't help but love it. Mm-hmm. I dig it. My next one is one that we played semi-recently, and this is one that I'm kind of surprised is on my list and I'm kind of not. It's Glass Road. Oh. And spoiler alert, this is my highest Uwe Rosenberg game. My that's, only Uwe Rosenberg game. That's very interesting. And there's a lot of Uwe Rosenberg games that I love, but I think I just love... I love, he's got kind of like multiple tiers of size of games. There's like the Feast for Odin's and these massive productions. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the Nusfjords and Glass Roads, which are kind of a more modest production. And then he has got the small box things like Bonanza and, and Patchwork. Dun, 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 bonanza. <laughs> and I think I appreciate his medium size, the Nusfjords and the Glass Roads. And I think it could have been yeah. either one of those. But Glass Road, I just love. It's this game where you're building a little kind of industry in the Bavarian forest, in some German forest probably. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you're playing cards and and it's one of my favorite mechanics where it's an action selection game where everyone plays a role and then uh, everyone has to do that role when it's played. You want to play roles in certain order to make sure you get the most out of your turn. But if somebody plays a card where you're doing some sort of production before you collect the resources, then you're out of luck. You missed your chance. And uh, so it's kind of this really fun farmy strategic engine building kind of like tableau building uve game but yeah. mixed with a lot of player interaction where you're really being like okay i know casey's gonna play the the dirt gatherer you know like the the builder so i'm gonna pick these three cards yeah glass road i just love to play and i would never turn it down nice that was a good one yeah. i saw that one come up a lot i don't know where it landed in my list i feel like it's not in i don't think it's in my top 20 it's not in your top 20 yeah but i do like that one and i always remember that one because of the little dial the um, dials are a lot to look at at the beginning but yeah they start but, to make a lot of sense quick yeah it was good i like that my number six is anachrony all right excellent so we were super close i do really like that one i love yeah like what you said i would never turn down a game of anachrony and i just loved when you me and ryan i feel like we got into playing that we played that a couple times yeah like night night after night back to back yeah yeah and i feel like ryan won no no he never never win that game he couldn't (gasps) win that one that's like the one game where he just could never get a win because i feel like he hates that game. I don't think he hates it, but he but he, he hates it because he, he he gets frustrated even thinking about that game. He didn't win. <laughs> I feel like I did pretty good at that game. You did pretty I good. I feel like I uh, I got that game. I did just the right amount of time traveling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's one that I was really proud of learning too because uh, it's a big chunky game, and I was like, I love this big chunky game, and I'm I'm proud to play it. It is. <laughs> challenging but it always flies by mm-hmm. and i dig it and now actually it's very interesting because the 10 through 10 through 7 were pretty light games mm-hmm. for me and then 6 to 1 i feel like it totally gets into a different type of game yeah i was very surprised by all of these actually yeah well um, not all of them not the top two but the ones below that maybe because yeah i was surprised at how oh my gosh like 10 through 7 are all super chill party games. And um, then Anachrony. And then it's Anachrony. And then number five, The Dwellings of Eldervale. Which we reviewed. Yes, we did. And I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I love 
Dwellings of Eldervale as well. That's another one that I just didn't expect to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about it a ton in the review, so I don't need to rehash all that. But I just yeah. was very surprised at what a great kind of, again, like Anachrony. It's a solid, like medium heavy game. Yes. Really easy to learn. Once you get going, both of them are just so smooth compared to what you expect them maybe to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I've only just scratched the surface because there's so many different, because you can have different colors and which, you know, there's a lot of bring variety, up the different yeah. cards like that's another one I'll, I'll always say yes to and it's because of those sound bases right that make noise when you slam the monster down totally <laughs> you know how much i love miniatures that <laughs> is a great choice it didn't make my list which i i guess i'm a little surprised by a little not there's i have yeah, so many you just games. have so, have so many. many games yeah. yeah so my number five is a little card game not a little card game it is unfortunately a very hard to find card game, and that's Glory to Rome. Ugh. And Glory to Rome is one of my favorite games. It's Carl Chuddick with his wildly powerful cards where you are playing cards for multiple uses, building different structures. Again, it's doing the same thing where I was talking about before, where you're kind of choosing roles and everyone gets to like follow those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of screw with people's timing. Basically Motainai, right? I know. And that's the thing is... Do you have Motainai on there too? I might. <gasps> And I, if I, again, if I would have pruned this list, I would have chosen one or the other. Right. Um, but Glory to Rome made my list because I didn't do any editing. Yep. And uh, I have two beautiful black box copies of it because I just love it so much and I spilled coffee on one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's still totally playable. So that's my, that's my show copy. And, yeah. Or that's we my so, play copy. We have only, I've only played that one time. We so very oh, really? rarely play that game. Mm, yeah. Well, it's but because, just, it's well, just we can maybe talk you. about that more with Motina. And we already talked about it in a whole episode. So, yeah. but it's because Motina is just quicker. Um, but Glory to Rome is kind of a bigger game. And I also, again, said this on the episode, but I would play Glory to Rome with multiple people, not necessarily with two people. And Motainai, I exclusively play with two people. So Yeah. And it's just... And so maybe that's why they're people. both on the list. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd rather play Motainai with two and Glory to Rome with more. So they're yeah. both... They both keep their valuable spot in my collection. I wonder if those two... I mean, I, I bet they did come up head to head. I wonder which one you chose. You probably chose Glory to Rome. No, I chose Motainai. <gasps> Motainai is higher. Oh. I would choose Motainai. Nice. All right. So my number four is Hometown Hero Root. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And Root is actually a game. It's not really similar to the PAX games, but I kind of feel like it's a weird brother of the PAX series a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a coin game, a counterinsurgency game, but it's got a cute woodland theme. It is such a cute. Amazing art by Kyle yeah. Farron. Just got a couple new expansions that are sitting up behind me from the newest Kickstarter. And Root is, again, a very difficult to teach game. Yes. Unlike some of the other ones, I think it is difficult to teach and it does get smooth once you learn how to play it. But it's not ever quite as smooth and seamless as things like Dwellings of Eldervale or Anachrony get, I don't think. It always has a little bit more of the grit to it. But I just love that asymmetric nature. I love the war game adjacent vibe of it and i love root yeah i feel like if you would have asked me a year or two ago i feel like root would have been in my top 10 and now i don't even know if it's in my top 50 like i just i want to love it because it's so freaking cute i just want to love it and i think when you first got it and we played it at your house i think i did enjoy it but now look when i think about it (laughs) and i think about playing it i'm always just like (sighs) I don't know if I want to play that. That's kind of like how I was doing these rankings. It's just like, yeah, no, I don't know totally if I want to play that. I think Root Which is... Which I was like, I felt so bad because I feel like so many times it came up, I was just like, no, I'm not choosing that. 
Like it's not for it, everybody. It's yeah. definitely not for everybody, but I do feel like if you are interested in it, it has a lot to offer, just a ton to offer. Like, and it's such an interesting game. It's more, it's like I come approach a lot of these games with like how interesting are they to play? Not necessarily how easy or fun or carefree or anything like that. And root is definitely one of those. that's just like a, a fascinating Very interesting. game. It yeah. is. It's fascinating. All right, number four for me is Great Western Trail. That is an excellent game, which <laughs> didn't make my list somehow. It is a great Western Trail. <laughs> it is a great Western Trail. I just feel so comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I, if you said, do you want to play this? I would probably say yes, unless it was like 930 at night yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a weekday. If and it was the weekend, I would probably say yes. I would always say yes, too. And I've played that one a lot online as well. Mm, um, oh, yeah. but it's one that I don't get sick of playing. I'm, I'm yeah. usually up for great Western trail. I'm pretty much always up for great Western trail. I'm actually surprised it didn't make my top 10. I am too. Cause I have heard you just talk a lot about it of how much you like it. Yeah. So I was happy to see that. That makes sense. Cause I, I do enjoy that one too. Even though I think I've gotten my butt kicked the last couple of times. Yeah, I got your butt kicked. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like I kicked your butt in the beginning, but then yeah, the last couple of times I just was, uh, not there. I've got those reps online, though. That's so. right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, forget those online reps. Uh, my number three, The Taverns of Tiefenthal. Yeah, that one's high. That's I a- know, because that was just one whenever I saw it come up, I'm like, I love that game. <laughs> Even though it does come close to that, you play it enough, you kind of get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. I love it, too, actually. I-, I think it is really great. I think it's a little bit maybe underrated. I think it did get a lot of love, but I think mm-hmm. it really requires all those expansions to add in that like yeah, extra. Yeah, that's true. We've never played without the expansions. Yeah, I have. And, and I think I never taught you because I was just like, I've never played without no the expansions. Of, yeah, <laughs> there's no point in playing without the expansions. And once you mix them all in, it's a great, probably straight up medium weight game, mm-hmm. but just really fun theme, really tactile, the way you like upgrade your um, boards and things like that. I, I really do like it. It's got that push your luck element. So it's some of that mm-hmm. luck, some mm-hmm. of that strategy. So yeah, you, you draw your patrons, you roll the dice, you figure out where to place the dice. Like mm-hmm. it just kind of hits it all for it me. Does actually, and it's just like chill. I mean, you've already mentioned Castles of Burgundy. Mm-hmm. It has a very similar, you know, you roll those dice yeah. and then you do your best with those dice. And I love that about Castles of Burgundy. And I think I love that about Taverns of Tiefenthal too, where it's yeah. kind of that dice doing your best with a randomized input and then figuring out what to do. And then the randomness is over. Yeah. Yeah. So that was your number three. That's my number three. Well, my number three is Motainai, which <sighs> we've already okay. kind of talked about uh, mm-hmm. the little baby brother to glory to Rome, working at your Buddhist temple, setting up gift shops, creating crafts, adorable, not adorable. Plucky. Yeah. It's got a, it's a plucky (laughs) little game where you have these multi-use cards, um, tons of strategy. It's over so quickly. It Uh, is. It can be. I mean, once you learn how to play, it's such a quick game. Yeah. Um, I'm always shocked. And I've been playing it a lot online lately with Wombat929. And jealous. <laughs> well, we can play it too. Yeah, we should play it. We yeah. should play more games online together like during the day. <laughs> Just take our asynchronous turns. Yeah. We can. <laughs> I, I'm always I'm always taking some turns here and there. Yeah. I've been playing it a lot online and I've played it so many times in real life and now online and I just never get sick of Motainai. So it's my number three. I think that's a great number three. My number two is probably the newest addition to my list. Yes, it is. This is my newest, so I didn't go as much Cult of the New as you did. I know. Mine is very Cult of the New. (laughs) But my number two, and you've never played this, 
is PAX Renaissance Second Edition, which I absolutely love. I can't believe how much I love that game. (laughs) Again, I was already into PAX Premier Second Edition. I kind of got PAX Renaissance because I was just like, well, I love PAX Premier, so I should try all the PAX games. I got PAX Ren expecting to totally think it was okay and just Mm -hmm. be like, well, I'd rather play Premier. It is very different than Premier, but it just sunk its teeth in me so deep that I (laughs) couldn't stop thinking about it. I would play it at the drop of a hat at any second. Some of the games I played with Ryan were like my favorite games we've ever played. I wish that it wasn't designed by somewhat problematic designers. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Bummer. Yeah, super bummer. So, you know, that's why I was hesitant to even get it, but it was a part of a different Kickstarter and, you know, whatever. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's just one of those things where I can't help, but even against all the odds, I'm just like, this game is amazing. And I just want to play it again and again and again. If Root is an interesting game, this is just like a fascinating game. Yeah. incredibly hard to teach but once you learn how to play it really pretty straightforward i taught ryan and ian and we were just taking turns like that and and kicking out games in 30 minutes that's awesome love pax renaissance second edition cool i do know you love the pax games i do love the pax games i'll have to play them someday you we'll i think you would it. like them You'll, we'll get into yeah, it we'll have a pax oh maybe we can do that at our vacation if you're up for it i'm up for it we'll give it a try yeah okay Okay. I mean, what else are we going to do? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, okay, well, to me, so I do my number two, which makes a lot of sense after everything you said about the Taverns of Tiefenthal. It's the Castles of Burgundy. Yep. I love this game. I have it on my iPad. We've played it a lot, just like on our iPads to, yep. against each other. Um, I've played it online against you and your dad a couple of times and played it in person, sitting outside. In the summer, yep. Oh, I love it. I'll never say no to a Castles of Burgundy. If I redid my list, Castles of Burgundy would probably make the top 10 just because it is like one of those games where I'm like, it's stupid how good this game is. (laughs) It's not like that appealing from a thematic perspective or whatever, but it's just (laughs) so fun and satisfying. And it's got like... It is very satisfying. I think that's why I like it. It's got the perfect level of burn. It's the medium weight game that's just like, this is like right in the middle. Yep. Never say no to Castles of Burgundy. I think that's a great number two. Love it. Like the chef's kiss. Yes. Which brings me to my number one. Ooh, I'm excited. Were you surprised by this? Um, Not really. You yeah. used to really like this game a lot. And I think then you kind of fell away because you forgot you liked it. And then we started playing it again and you remembered how much you liked it. Yes. So I'm not that surprised. And the theme. <laughs> and the theme. And the theme. I love the theme. Yeah. Vidi culture. Yep, Vidi culture. Yes. The game about winemaking. Mm-hmm. Not the only game about winemaking. I was playing Vinos the other day and That's I should right. teach That's you that right. one too. I still need to learn that one. Yeah, but I think you'll like Vidi culture better. Yeah, I think I really like this one, like the, the worker placement element of it. I love being able to be able to look several moves ahead and start planning my moves as I'm playing my current move. Mm-hmm. Just there's so many things things to think about and there are so many different ways that you can play it there are still several areas that i've never expanded into yeah uh, like building out the tasting room and playing into visitors i i still have not really gone down that path oh yeah you know and i like the expansions that have been coming along with it i know online is a little bit different than the 
board game. Well, the online version doesn't have the Tuscany expansion. Yeah. And the Tuscany expansion, for me personally, Viticulture is with the Tuscany expansion. And I think that, because that's what I always thought too, because I think I learned Viticulture with the Tuscany expansion. So then when we played online, it was like an abbreviated version. It was like baby's first Viticulture. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it was still fun. Yeah. But I do like with the uh, the Tuscany expansion. Yeah, the Tuscany expansion makes Viticulture for me. But it's it's great. That is... Uh, uh, excellent game. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of my top six, and I'm very pleased with my top ten. Yeah, I mean, it's but a I, great I list. you know, like as a new, I guess I'm not that new anymore. I've probably been playing games for like anymore. four years. Yeah, uh, and you've played Great Western Trail and Dwellings of Elderville and Anachrony and Root and all sorts of games <laughs> that are definitely out of the beginner territory. Yeah, and so. I'm just happy that because uh, at first I really did think my top 10 was going to be all party fun games. Yeah. These strategic games, I think I can see those top six games that I have. I see the the line between them all and I really love them and I love playing them and they're all games that I would always say yes to. Even my top 20. My top 20 is really fantastic too. Well, I'm going to keep this list and then whenever I want to play a game, I'll just pull this out and be like, I'm going to pick one of these 20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. I think that's a safe bet. Well, my number one was almost no... Oh, I know what your number one is. Yeah, there was almost no... I, I almost <laughs> took it off the list because it's almost not even a board game, kind of. My number one is... you want to say it? Netrunner. Yes, Android Netrunner. <laughs> I think this was like in my bottom 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Android Netrunner. And uh, it's a wildly asymmetric collectible card game uh, where one player is playing a corporation protecting their secrets and the other player plays a hacker trying to break into the corporation's servers and steal those secrets has just a bazillion cards which i pretty much have completed the collection it's now done and i've been collecting everything and then there's a couple um, little cycles that i have to give otherwise i have everything i just feel like this game i'll be able to play into infinity and beyond Every time I think maybe I'm done with Netrunner because I haven't played it in a while, I'm just like, maybe it's not as good as I remember. I'll pick it up with my (laughs) one friend who still plays Netrunner with me (laughs) and we'll play and I'll just be like, oh my God, Netrunner is, it's like all the things on my list combined into one now that I think about it. It's like the asymmetric Pax Pamir and Root. It's the multiple card uses like Motainai. It's like uh, the bluffing, pure bluffing, like Mm. Skull. Like that's what I love most about it is you can play good net runner with a bad deck Hmm. because it's as much of a psychological game as it is a mechanics game it is a beast of a game if anybody was interested there's ways to play it online and things like that it's got a hell of a teach but and a hell of a learn but i think that uh there's nothing quite like it and i just love android net runner and it's my number one. And again, it's kind of in that Magic the Gathering collectible card game, although it's not like Magic the Gathering in that it's not completely random. You can just choose what you want to buy and buy it and be done, which I'm doing and I've done, which I am definitely a fan of. So if I see somebody with an amazing deck, I know that I can have the exact same deck. There's no randomness or chance to if I can get those cards or track them down or anything like that. So I definitely appreciate that over those collectible card games. Yeah. It's just such an interesting game. Again, like playing with the same deck again and again. You can totally play different site games with people, building new decks and trying new things. It's just so 
much fun. And the, the thematic elements tie in so tightly that it's like funny to read the cards. And also for a game that came out in 2012, it's also incredibly ahead of its time in terms of being like inclusive mm-hmm. and building this worldview that is very not Western white person Focused. It wasn't full of programmers. No, it's not full. of. Bro- there are some for sure, but it's very, it's just always been really inclusive yeah. when it comes to it. And I think that's reflected by the people who have made it and things like that. So um, yeah. yeah, Andrea Netrunner. That's awesome. Yeah. I knew that was going to be your number one and I just feel bad that I'm not your uh, Netrunner buddy. I'm no. glad you have Jenny though. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I might have to start playing online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe y'all just have to find a, a Netrunner group to be a part of. Yeah. But or someday if Francesca moves back, I'll play with oh, her Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was my original Netrunner buddy. I'm excited to do this again in 20 episodes mm-hmm. and see where I'm at because I feel like your top 10 is is not, I don't want to say predictable, but I'm not surprised by any of those. These are the games that I've been hearing about since I've known you Yeah, for the most part, other than the PAX games and like, you know. Yep. I'm interested. I want to see how mine evolves because mine is so I think top. Mine is so topical. I bet your top ones will stay pretty solid, though. Yeah, or at least if those games don't stay, they're going to be replaced by very similar games. Yeah. But yeah, I'm interested to do it again. This is my first time doing it, and uh, I'm really happy with my top 10 and my top 20. Uh, just for fun, no commentary. Do you want to just read your next 10 games? Yeah. Just, just to give people a little bit more insight into what just barely didn't make the list. Yeah, that'd be. I, I am happy to do that. So eleven was Mystery Rummy Jack the Ripper. Twelve is Fantasy Realms. Can't believe that didn't make it. Oh, it's so good, but it just. I don't know. It didn't do it. Didn't get up there. Didn't compare correctly. Um, Thirteen is Res Arcana. Mm-hmm. Fourteen is Wingspan. Mm-hmm. Fifteen is Everdell. Mm-hmm. I love how many of these we have done episodes on. <laughs> Uh, 16's Dominion. Interesting. 17 is spicy. That one is interesting. <laughs> I can't believe how high spicy it is. <laughs> I know. I just really, I just like was always like, yeah, I'll pl- I always play that yeah, game. I, I like can it. see that. It's just bullshit, but with two levels. 18 is so clover. <laughs> that is a great game. It's just such a fun game. Uh, 19 is obsession. Interesting. <laughs> 20. <laughs> 20s draftosaurus <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a quality light game that is a game with like that i your whole your whole family can play and it's available online and i know everybody da- like can play it and it's one of the games that everybody can play that i still very much enjoy playing yeah. <laughs> i do like i do like draftosaurus it's fun all right so my next t- 10 in mm-hmm. my list are everdell mm-hmm Targi. Yeah, Targi. The Gallerist. Mm-hmm. Yokohama. Mm-hmm. I love Yokohama. I for, I think I might have messed up on Yokohama. Is that the one that has the mayor? The Yeah, like the president kind yeah, of Yeah, that kind of moves around. That mm-hmm. one, I've only played that a couple of times, or maybe once, maybe twice. And I think I looked at pictures of it, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I feel like that was just a big, that was just like... There's so much. It's tricky to look at. I think you would like it. It's really good. I think I would like it. There's an online version I didn't rank too. it probably as highly as I probably meant it. But it's, anyways, keep going. Okay. La Grania, mm. which is excellent. I love um, that one would probably be on my top that 10. That's a good one. And there is a beautiful Kickstarter version coming. <gasps> and we're going to review it when that one comes. Because awesome. I've been meaning to teach you La Grania forever. La Grania. 
Oh, you haven't played it? I don't think you played I it. I thought I played it. You didn't play it, I don't think. You, I'm I don't almost know. positive. It sounds familiar. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Kickstart that and let's do Maybe it. Maybe I'll bring that on our vacation because we, yeah. that is an excellent game. Great. Uh, the Castles of Burgundy. Nice. Undaunted Normandy. Mm. War game, kind of. Cloud Spire. Mm hmm. Great Western Trail, second edition. Nice. Oops. <laughs> and, nice. And finally, Clans of Caledonia. Oh. So. All right. So I think, uh, again, I feel like our lists are what they are. I feel like you had an excellent top 10. My list is a good top 10, but it does need some pruning because there are a couple overlaps where I'd probably choose Motainai or Gloria to Rome and maybe one of the PAX games. Yeah. Um, so I could fit a few other games up in that top 10. But it is what it is. Tis what it is. Like, I, I stand by my top 20 and I feel... I look at all of these and I know some of them are a little bit silly. Some of them are probably not lifelong games. But at this moment in time, I would say yes to all of these games. Say yes to the Say game. yes to the chess <laughs> game. Not that game. <laughs> just like a game. I'm just using like chess like I would use Coke in the South. Okay, I see. It's a brand you know, of game. Yeah, you want to play some chess? <laughs> just... Which one? Root? Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like my top 20, I would say yes to all those games. If you were like, do you want to play this? I'd be like, yeah. I probably have like a top 200 list that I would say yes to at any time. Yeah. <laughs> it's but... a, yeah, it's a little bit easier to get you to play a game. Yeah. So that was our top 20 songs and top 20 games yeah and i know that was a self-indulgent and bloated episode but hopefully people enjoyed it i think that it was a little celebration after 20 episodes i kind of feel like we might be able to split this into two episodes <laughs> I, I still think this is two episodes that was a marathon okay we'll see it is oh my gosh it is so far past my bedtime oh. my benadryl is gonna knock me out soon <laughs> okay, this well. might be two episodes <laughs> Well, but it's been so much fun. I loved is. this. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to do it in 20 more. And with that, do you want to tell people where they can find us online? No, you can. Okay. You can find us online at www.shufflebuddies.com, mm -hmm. on Instagram at shuffle underscore buddies mm. underscore pod, <laughs> and then Twitter is shuffle underscore buddies. Yes. Our Board Game Geek Guild is 3638. Three eight three six. No. <laughs> I thought you had that it for a second. So my head was like, close. Huh? <laughs> three eight three six. Yep. Board Game Geek Guild three eight three six. <laughs> three eight three six. <laughs> I'm gonna get it next time. Yeah. All right. I think is that everything? I think that's everything. Let's call it. All right. Time of death, ten fifty two. Ten fifty two. Let's flatline away. <laughs>
Are you ready to talk about your top 10? Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't think just go straight to bed after this. That's fine. (laughs) All right. I was thinking of all the things that I could do tonight and I'll probably just go straight to bed. Well, this is a wonderful thing. I'm fine with that. It'll stop me from eating ice cream. (laughs) That was what you were going to do. Well, yeah, (laughs) I have big plans. I I eat ice cream. (laughs) All right. Um, before I get to my number eight, I'm going to go take my Benadryl. <laughs> oh no. Okay. 